So I want to read you guys a letter that a friend wrote me in high school. And we were doing this project in health where we had to write an encouraging letter to someone. And I got friends, uh, I got um, partnered with my buddy, Freddie. And uh, he was a Korean exchange student. And so um, his English isn't so good in the letter, but he is really, really funny. And we had a great senior year together. He came in 11th grade. And uh, what we didn't know about this whole project that we had to do is that we had to say it in front of the class. And so we both wrote each other these really ridiculous letters. And then we ended up having to go in front of everyone and read it to everyone. So this is his letter to me. Dear Joey, what's up, dude? We have known each other for three years. You are a funny and evil friend. When I came to school first, you made fun of me a lot. And all I could say was, I will kill you. See, and I got to pause there for a second because that he makes it sound like I was like bullied him or something. No, it wasn't like that. I just teased him a little bit. It was lighthearted fun. Um, the best thing you ever have done in your life was become my friend. If you didn't, I would feed lion with your entire body. Sometimes, sometimes you and Casey are being dumb in class, but I like your psychoactivity. It makes me laugh a lot. Although you look like a monkey, you get all the girls. I hope you are dumped by her because she is pure and elegant. Now he's talking about Jess, so everyone can say, aw. Um, the opposite of you in every way. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. You are a gorgeous friend. I love you too. Man, that part wasn't funny. Who's being real? From a super Korean who will take over the world under King Jong-un, your friend, Freddie. So that was one of the best letters that anyone has ever written me in my entire life. But this letter reveals something that was really true of me in high school. I found a lot of my worth in my gifts and in my talents. And I felt like the only way that I could get people to like me or to care about me was to be crazy and to make them laugh. And I was pretty good at that. That was my talent. I could get in trouble like it was no one's business. I was so good at that. I could get people laughing in class. But there was always people that could do it better than me, too. And so when that would help happen, I would feel like my worth would go down a little bit. See, I had placed my worth and my gifts and my talents. And sometimes I would feel so alive. I would feel so special. I'd feel like I had real worth. And then other times, I would feel completely worthless altogether. And I think maybe some of you guys know what that's like to feel worthless, to not even be sure what your purpose is in this life. Is there any purpose for you? You look at everyone else, right? And it seems like they are so gifted. They're so talented. And then you look at your life and you go, man, I feel like I'm just a waste compared to everyone else. Man, the, the way that person can do this or that, I, I wish I could do it just like them. And we question our worth. And you can be honest with yourself tonight because I know that sounds a little bit scary to maybe admit out loud that maybe you question your worth. But I think everyone goes through that at some point in their life and especially you guys, especially in the age that you're at right now because you're still figuring out who you are. And high school can be such a tough time where kids say and do so many mean things. And so some of you guys are searching tonight where your worth is. And if you really matter. And you know, in high school, we place worth on the silliest things sometimes. The things that matter most 
is outward appearance, right? If, if you're good looking, if you're muscular, if you have all those gifts and those talents, then people think that you're really worthy, that, that you're someone special, that you're someone that's important. People will pay extra attention to you. And some of you guys just wish that maybe you looked a little bit different because you felt like if you looked different, then maybe you would have some self-worth. You wish that you looked like him or you wish you looked like her. And then you feel like you would be someone special. We place a lot of worth on intelligence, right? In school, this is what it's all about. If you're smart, then you're going somewhere. Then you are so worthy. And we hear teachers say it to kids all the time. Man, you're going somewhere. You're just so smart. And then maybe you're not as smart as everyone else. Maybe you have to work really, really hard just to get a B. And so you just feel super discouraged. You're not sure where your worth is going to come from in life because you're just not as smart as everyone else. It doesn't come that easy to you. You almost feel like God ripped you off when it came to gifts and talents, that he didn't place enough worth in you as he did in everyone else. And this can lead you to some deep depression. It can lead you to some really dark places if you felt like this before. Some of you guys, I can just see it in your faces, in your eyes tonight. You know what that's like to struggle with this on such a real level. What else do we place great value in, or society places great value in in high school is athletics, right? If you're athletic, then you are special. Then then you are important. Then you are a worthy person if you can do that. You know, we make these athletes into idols. We make them into these grand heroes when all they really do is play a sport. We place all this value and we say, these are worthy people. And if you don't have this, man, then you're not that special. Then you're not that worthy. And maybe you're looking at some of your gifts tonight and you're not sure where you line up in all of this. Maybe you've been really discouraged lately. I wanna show you tonight that there is some hope for you. And you know what's so funny about this when it comes to gifts and talents, when we place our worth in them, is that the person that you wish you were like or you wish that you had your gift or talent, I can almost guarantee that that person wishes that they had someone else's gift or talent. It's just how it is because we're never truly happy where we are because listen to this, catch this. Your worth was never meant to be placed in your gifts or your talents. Yet that's where we find it so often and where we want it to be found in, but it's not. It will always leave you empty if that's where you're gonna try and find your worth in this life. So where have you been trying to find it lately? And how has it been letting you down? Now, there is so much potential in this room tonight. And I don't want you guys to think that in any way that you aren't gifted because you are. And I think a lot of you feel like everyone else is gifted just because you haven't figured out what your true calling is yet. And that's okay. You're young. God is going to show you that gift and that talent that he's placed in your life. And it's going to unfold in your life more and more as you get older. And it might not be some of the things that we just talked about that society places such a huge um, value on. But it's so unique. And God made you for a special purpose and a special reason. Stop letting yourself be beat up because maybe it isn't someone else's. Stop letting yourself be discouraged because yours is so important 
And God is going to use you in so many amazing ways if you won't give up and, and if you will stop complaining and wishing that you were someone else. Because if you do that, then he won't be able to unfold that thing that he wants to do in your life if you keep complaining that you are like someone else. You'll miss out on it in your life. And so my hope is that you guys would not miss out on that. I want to read to you guys um, a portion of a book. It's from the Screw Tape Letters, and it's a book written by C.S. Lewis. And it's him talking from the perspective of a head demon to another demon who is currently working on someone, who is tempting them and trying to get this person to fall away from God. And this is what it says. And it's a little bit uh, long, so just stick with me. I'll, I'll do my best to get through it quick. But it's just so powerful. It is of utmost importance that you keep your current patient believing the lie he or she is worthless. Your fellow tempters will assist you with this. As you assist them, you must pin them against each other. How cynical to use their own kind against them. Out of their own insecurities, they will tear down each other to make themselves feel so small and try to find any glimpse of worth. It is a great diabolical method that brings great joy to our Father's heart. If that doesn't work, there is no need to fret. There are many more tactics. They all make mistakes. They use their own minds against them. Keep them haunted by their shortcomings. So it's all they can focus on. This will begin to blind them. And this will no doubt lead to their depression. By these methods, thousands of humans have bought the lie. Beautiful women have believed themselves ugly. And clever men have believed themselves to be fools. However, what I'm about to tell you, my dear nephew, will never be re repeated. We all know it. Demons. But it must never be talked about it, for it brings our father much pain. Man, that is such a glimpse to a lie that so many of you guys are believing tonight. The enemy would love for you to believe that you're worthless, that you have nothing to offer. Some of you have been beating yourselves up and beating yourselves up. And some of you guys have been playing right into his hand lately. See, they would love to pin us against each other in our own securities. And you know, there is nothing that makes me more upset than when I see someone else tearing down someone else just so that they can feel a little bit of worth themselves. And if you are that person, you are making such a mistake Please do not be that person. Stop trying to find worth by making other people feel like garbage. That will not satisfy you. That will not make you feel better about yourself in the long run. And you are just doing so much damage. Stop being that person that tears everyone else down. And if someone has been tearing you down lately, if there's been someone in your life that's just been saying some really hurtful things to you lately, I want you to see the truth behind behind it. And what I just read to you guys, that that's the enemy using that person. And if you can look into that situation tonight, and you can see that that hurt person is hurting themselves, and that's the reason why they're saying and doing those things to you, man, it, it can help you a little bit. That, that's maturity in the life of believers. When you can look at yourself and look at someone else when they're hurting you and go, all right, this person is saying something to me because they are so hurt and damaged themselves, and it's not true. Man, that is a sign of real spiritual maturity in your life. But don't be that person who tears them down. I hate when I see that. And it just does so much damage to yourself and to the person that you are doing it to yourself. Um, one of my favorite memes in the whole world 
is when, <laughs> I thought you guys would like that, you seventh graders, um, is when it's a picture of someone and it's like, I wish someone would look at me the way that, um, I don't know, the way that Diego looks at Frappuccinos. You know, you know what I'm talking about? You ever seen those memes before? Or like the, the way that Dan looks at Nintendo or Pat looks at Chipotle. Like, you know, I, I love those memes because that reveals a lot about our worth. See, what we worship is what we find our worth in. And a lot of you guys are finding your worth in the things that you worship tonight. You think that that will make you satisfied. So we talked about the big things before. Let's talk about some smaller things now. Some of you guys are really good at music. And and, then that's what it is for you. But there's someone better. There's someone more talented. And maybe you're discouraged because of that tonight. And maybe you feel like you're not as important to God because that person is so much better. Or maybe you're really artistic. You're You're just great at art. Or maybe you're just really funny. Or whatever your gift is tonight. The things that you worship is usually where your worth is found in. See, there's only one thing that was ever meant for you and I to worship. And if you will find your worth in that thing, that changes everything. Because now it's secure. All these other things that we place our worth in will bring us up and down. But there's one thing that's like a rock that you can stand on tonight. And I hope to show you that. And so here's what's at stake. And I really hope that you guys see that. Is if you keep believing the lie, this world is going to miss out on something, so smash, on something so special that only you can do. See, you can't reach the people that I've been called to reach, and I can't reach the people that you've been called to reach on this earth. I can't do what your gift does because God has given me my own sets of gifts. And this world needs your gifts. It needs your talents, no matter how small you may think it is in your own eyes tonight. It is so important to God. That's why he placed it inside of you. And I hope that you won't rob the world of that gift that God has given you because it will have a huge impact no matter how big or small you think it is. And so we're gonna be in 1 Samuel chapter 16. And this is what it says. Then the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you grieve over Saul since I have rejected him from being king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I will send you to Jesse, the Beth." Bethlehemite, oh my gosh, for I provided myself a king among his sons. And Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hears it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Okay, so let me let you guys know what's going on right here in this verse. So God sends the prophet Samuel to anoint the new king. Saul was the old king of Israel and he wasn't doing a good job as king. And God didn't even want Israel to have a king in the first place. He wanted to be their king. And he used prophets to be the mouthpiece. But the people wanted a physical king. And so he says, fine, if you want a king, why don't you take Saul? And Saul was really tall. And he was handsome and he was strong. And so the people loved it. It fit their image of the way that a worthy king should look like. And so they loved Saul. They were so happy when they got Saul. But Saul is just doing a really bad job. And so God's like, all right, it's time for a new king in the land. And I want you to go to Jesse's house because there's gonna be someone there who I want you to anoint to be king. But Samuel is a little bit afraid here. He's like, but if Saul finds out, because Saul is, he's a pretty bad king at this point. I feel like he's gonna kill me if I go and do that. And God tells Samuel, go do it anyway. And if he says anything, say that you're going there to make a sacrifice. 
So let's go to the next verse now that we know that. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you what to do. You are to anoint for me the one that I indicate. And I've always found this verse so interesting because I always thought that God should just tell him right there on that spot who it is. Why does he have to wait till he gets there to tell them, to tell him who the king is going to be? Why would God make him wait? See, after I study this a little bit more, I'll realize this, is that God wanted us to see something. He wanted us to know something about the way that he sees worth and the way that man sees worth. And he's going to show us that through the way that he chooses the next king of Israel. And this is what it says. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they arrived, Samuel saw Elab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. Have you guys ever been out hanging, hanging out somewhere and you thought that you saw someone that you knew and so you started to wave at them and you're like waving at them and then they turn around and you have no idea who they are and you like try and play it off like you didn't just do that, right? Or you're just so awkward and so embarrassing. And that's kind of the moment that Samuel has right here in scripture. He kind of makes this statement like, man, I think that this is probably the one that God wants to be king. And so they bring up this oldest son. And I wonder, maybe he was really handsome. Maybe he was really strong. And you could just tell that he looked like someone should be a king. And so Samuel thinks to himself, man, this guy would make a great king. Look how tall and strong he is. He, he looks like someone who would be a great leader. Or maybe he came over and he was really well-spoken. And Samuel goes, you know what? This guy would be a great king because he seems really intelligent. He, he would know what to do. He would know how to lead the people. I think he would be a great king. He looks at all these traits in this oldest son, and he thinks for sure that this is the one that God wants. This is the one that God has anointed. We'll see what happens. Verse 7, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Man, we place our worth on outward things, on outward gifts and talents, things that we can see with our eyes, but we see that God looks at us in a completely different way tonight. Yeah, maybe you're an awesome athlete or you're an amazing musician and God has blessed you with that gift or talent, but you know what really matters tonight to God? It's where your heart's at. It's do you love him? Do you value his ways above all things? Men, Look at outward appearance, but God looks at traits that are only found in the heart. Is your heart full of compassion for other people tonight? That's a gift or a talent. Some people have such a hard time being compassionate, but that's what matters to Jesus. That's what matters to God. Can you love people at their best and at their worst? 
man, that's something that God looks at tonight. That's something that matters to God. Do you love people unconditionally? Man, all these things that we take for granted, these are things that God looks for in the heart and says those are the things where real worth is found. Those other things are just outward gifts that come and go, that, that will fade some of them as you get older. But man, what really matters is the heart. And so maybe the system we've been using to determine worth is really flawed and really wrong. And maybe that's the reason why you've been so hard on yourself lately. And maybe the reason why you've been feeling so worthless is because you're using a broken scale. And if you would start judging your worth tonight on the heart, maybe you would find some new worth tonight and who God has made you and who God has called you to be. And we're gonna find even a little bit more about that and why God looks at the heart even more. This is what it says in verse eight. Then Jesse called Abadab and had him pass in the front of Samuel. But Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse then had Shammah pass by. But Samuel said, nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel. But Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? And then he said, they're still the youngest. Jesse answered, he is tending to the sheep. And so son after son after son comes by and God keeps going, nope, nope, not him, not him, not him. And Samuel goes, there's gotta be someone else. God is saying that all these others, they aren't the one. Is there anyone else? And he remembers, oh, oh yeah, I have one other son who's out attending to the sheep. His own father. I want you to catch this for a second. His own father didn't even think he was worth bringing by Samuel. Some of you know what that's like. Maybe your poor self-image, your poor worth comes from a parent, comes from someone really close to you that passed over you and really hurt you in some way. And that's a real scar and a real wound on your heart. God doesn't pass over you tonight. He sees you. Even though Jesse passed over David, God saw him. And this is what it says. Samuel said, said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him and had him brought in. He was glowing with wealth and had a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. See guys, David was of great worth to God because David found his worth in God. That's where David cared about. While he was attending to his sheep, he would spend time with God. He would sing songs on his harp all day and long. David's worth was found in God. And so he had a ton of worth because of that. If you want to have more worth or feel like you have more worth, start worshiping God more. Start finding it in him and watch those gifts and those talents start finding you more and more. If that will be 
your true treasure, and the thing that you really find your worth in tonight. And so God chooses the little boy, the, the, the little shepherd, to be the next king. Man looks at outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And it's so important that you guys see that and you know that tonight. And a big reason why you and I, we want worth so bad is because we just want someone to tell us that we're worthy, right? We, we just want people. And that's a, a little bit of our pride and a little bit of the way that God designed us. So he didn't design us to find it in people. He designed us to find our worth and in him. And if you're looking for someone to tell you that they think that you are just so worthy, that there's just so much worth in you, well, then you, you need to know that Jesus thought that you were worthy enough to die on a cross for you. He, he gave everything so that you could see your worth and that you could have potential and a purpose on their, this earth. There's nothing that he would hold back from you tonight so that you can know your true worth. I want to read to you guys this psalm, Psalm 139, 14. It says, I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Some of you guys just need to know that God doesn't make bad things. He doesn't. You are important. You are uniquely and wonderfully made. Stop buying into that lie of the enemy. Stop believing that you have no purpose. Let God be the one that fills you with worth. And I promise you, you will feel it like never before. Like I said, if you find it in your gifts, it will go up and down. But if you find your worth in God, man, it's like a rock that you can stand on. It won't feel really high one day and really low the next. Because his love for you doesn't waver. It is absolutely secure. And so I have two bottom lines for you guys tonight that I want you to know because I think that this needs to. Our worth is found in Jesus' worth. That's the first thing you need to know is that our ultimate worth is found in his worth because of who he is and what he has done and what he has accomplished in your life. That's where our true worth comes from. That one day, because of his great accomplishments, we will be made like him. That's where it really is found. And the second one is this, is that your worth comes from what Jesus says about you. Not what anyone else has to say about you. He purchased you, so he's the one who gets to have the final say in your life. Not what your friends have said, not what your parents have said. He has the final say. And he says that you're wonderful, that, he, that you are the apple of his eye, and that he has done so many great things, and he's going to unfold a great plan in your life. That's what he says about you. And that's where your ultimate worth needs to be found. I want to read to you guys the last little bit of that screw tape letter that we ended on in the beginning. And this is what it says. However, what I'm about to tell you, my dear nephew, must never be repeated. We all know it, but it never must be talked about, for it brings our Father much pain. While the humans all have shortcomings and are imperfect, he places inside of them gifts, talents, unique to themselves. This is also a way to lead them to destruction by making them so focused on these talents. Let some of them find their worth in this. 
because this too will fail them. What we can't allow is for them to find their worth in what the enemy thinks of them. He truly values them. We must minimize his opinion of them in their minds, that they care more about the opinion of their equals instead of the creator. What a foolish race humans can be. That we would find our worth in what other people have to say about us instead of what God has to say about us. Stop. Choose tonight to make that decision that you're gonna find your worth in what Jesus has to say about you more than what anyone else has to say. And let your worth be found in him. Let me pray for you guys. God, I thank you so much for everyone in this room. And I pray tonight, God, for the people who have just been feeling really worthless their whole life. The people who have had really mean words spoken about them or to their face, God. And they can't seem to get past these things. That you would heal those wounds by your words about them tonight, God. That you don't look at outward appearance. You look at the heart tonight. That's what really matters. And I pray, God, that we would let that be the new scale by which we find our worth. By what you have to say about us above everything else. I pray, Jesus, for the person who just still feels like they just have no gift, nothing special about them, that just everyone else has a gift or a talent, and they don't. God, I pray tonight that you would begin to unfold to them what that is, God. That they would begin to know that you've placed them with a purpose. And we can stand on that because your word tells us and all your words are true. I pray, God, that they would find it in their heart tonight and know that they're loved, that they're loved for the person who feels like because they have no gifts that you don't care about them that you care about everyone else, that they would know what a lie that is, that there is so much potential in their life, and I pray that they wouldn't buy into the lies for another second or another moment, that they are so cherished by the King who created them. Pray, God, our worth would never be the same and be secure in your great love. In your name I pray.